Your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. Work harder on yourself than you do on your job. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Darius Mirshasadeh of TheRealDarius.com. Darius, it's awesome to have you on the show. Hey, Gresh or Gresham, what do you prefer? Uh, either or. I always go for Gresh if, if we're uh, doing a laser-focused podcast. So you can do Gresh if that's cool with you. Let's do it. All right, perfect. Well, before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Darius so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Darius is a dad, husband, twin brother, and son who was born and raised in California and now lives in Austin, Texas. He is a serial entrepreneur, author, conscious capitalist, speaker, and entertainer. Darius's passion is to make the world a better place using his talents and engagement, and he is all about the P's passion, pizza, puzzles, and pink unicorns. Darius is a mad scientist CEO who has grown companies from startup to over to under a thousand employees in three years. And he is an expert on core values and author of a new book, The Core Value Equation. Darius, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Let's do it, baby. Let's do it then. So um, to kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started. Could you take us through what I call your CEO story? We'll let you get started with the business. Yeah, yeah. Well, so um, I actually think I was kind of like born a CEO where like, for me, I was always like, I'm the boss, you know, <laughs> I, I, like I was the boss when I was five. Um, and, and, and I always just had that kind of swagger to me where it's like president of my class. when I was like uh, first grade, like, it's like, who wants to be president of the class? I'm like, I want to be president. Um, so I've always just kind of had that like urge to lead, um, which is a good and bad thing. It's a great thing for entrepreneurs and CEOs. It's not such a good thing if you're like trying to get jobs out of college because you're automatically being put into a subordinate role. Um, so I, I would find myself like, I take these temp jobs and they're like, you want to start at the bottom? I'm like, can I just work with the CEO directly? <laughs> I, I swear to God, that happened to me. And they're like, no, man, you got to start at the bottom. Like I did. And I'm like, I'm like, I'll just do whatever you want me to do, but I want to work with the CEO. Um, and, and they wouldn't do it. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't want, I don't, I don't want this job then. Um, and so, you know, I, and, 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 I'll, and I'll take a step back. The moment I realized I wanted to be, C be, be CEO, uh, like, and, and, and that I was basically unemployable was when I was 22 years old, I got a job at the White House mm -hmm. um, in DC. I actually lived um, in Arlington, Virginia, uh, kind of near your neck of the woods, yeah. uh, Boston Station, I took Boston Station to, to uh, OEOB, uh, Old Executive Office Building. And then I ended up moving into DC in Foggy Bottom. And so I, I lived there for the summer. I was entering in the, this is a Clinton administration. I'm dating myself a little bit, but um, mm -hmm. anyway, I, um, I was doing that job and I was like, man, I would never work at the white house unless I was the president. You know, like that was like my takeaway was like, I don't want, I, I don't want to do administrative work, I, I, you know, but I, I could see myself being president, but I, I, I couldn't see myself in a support role. And there's nothing wrong with those roles. I mean, those are amazing roles and amazing people doing them, but you, it, you know, I think one of the most important steps to learning who you are is learning what you're not. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I just knew it. I'm like, man, I don't like being in these support roles. I'm not good at it. I don't like it. Um, and so right away, I just knew I had to do jobs where I had a bit more control over like where I was going to end up. So typically when you have that, you end up kind of in, you have a couple of choices and this is back in the year 2000. So it's not like, 
being an entrepreneur then is not what being an entrepreneur now is like mm -hmm. even, even remotely close. <laughs> like I was the only person I knew who was an entrepreneur. You know, now it's like you ask everyone what they do and they tell you that their job is and that they're an entrepreneur. And I'm like, well, wait a second, like how you, like, you can't have, like pick one, you know? Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, aspiring to be an entrepreneur is, I think a lot of people, nowadays it's like you got the richest guys in the world are entrepreneurs, right? And that's the thing. Like, like you have Elon Musk, who's the richest guy on earth, second richest guy on earth that fights him for it. It's, you know, Jeff Bezos. These guys all started from the, you know, the bottom, if you will, you know, kind of grew, grew their way up as CEOs. So um, so I ended up kind of pivoting if that's the word that I think the popular word now for trying to figure out what the hell you're doing. <laughs> right. so I pivoted for a couple of years, started businesses, didn't have any real success till I was 25. And I started my first big company that turned into a big company. It was, I was a mortgage lender and I got into the mortgage business and kind of worked my way up, started my first company at 25. And that was my first real success. I grew from myself and an assistant in this little shabby office in downtown San Francisco uh, to about 150 employees in three years by the time I was 28. Mm -hmm. And I broke the whole way up. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was guessing. And, but, you know, growing at that age with that level of experience from, you know, really a zero to almost a $10 million business by the time I was 28. Yeah, money, this is a long time ago. This is almost 20 years ago. I mean, that was, that was no joke. Um, and I, I did a really poor job. <laughs> You know, the one thing I did a great job of was, was, you know, pushing to keep growing the business and, and making some money, but, but I did a bad job at actually building the business. And so I got lucky. I got accepted into this entrepreneurial program called birthing a giants at the time, uh, now called entrepreneurial master's program at MIT. And that was my first step into understanding the concept of scale in a business. And, and I, I got introduced on top of that into this concept of having core values in your business. And so I, I really got obsessed about how do you build a business that can scale painlessly? And mostly because I was in a lot of pain, I was getting crushed. And I was like, I don't like this, this isn't fun. And I wanted it to be fun and I wanted to build something of impact. And I knew that I, the way I was doing it wasn't working. So long story short, um, that business grew like crazy. It was number 40 in the Inc 500 in 2007. So for those of you that don't know what that is, that we were the 40th fastest growing private company in the entire country. Um, but big asterisk, we were a subprime mortgage lender. So some people may know what that means. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, in 2008, we had this thing in the whole world called the subprime mortgage meltdown that was caused by subprime loans. And that happened to be my product that I built my business on. So um, it was really cool. I went from having 150 employees to 10 employees in about 90 days. Wow. Uh, because what happened with my business was overnight, the buyers of our product went from really excited to buy the product to zero overnight. Now, as you know, if you run a business, you don't run your business from one second to the next. It takes you time to build your pipeline. And, and so for us, you know, we had a probably a three or three million dollar to two, three million dollars of revenue pipeline that literally we got, I think, two hundred thousand dollars worth of revenue out of wow. over over the next eight weeks. Mm -hmm. So that 2 million turned in, and we were doing about a million a month before that, that million a month, $2 million pipeline turned into $200,000 of revenue that came mm -hmm. in. And it's not like we ha didn't have $2 million of overhead. Right. <laughs> so we, we, I, I jokingly say we were a train that fell off the track and was skidding towards the end of the cliff. And I just couldn't cut fast enough. So when I was at the Inc 500 conference, I went from the 40th fastest growing company in the United States. I jokingly say that I was wearing my tux, accepting my award 
as I was the 40th fastest shrinking company in the United States. Mm. Um, and luckily or unluckily, depending on how you look at it, we ended up going to the edge of the cliff and we stopped skidding. And then the business lived in entrepreneurial uh, purgatory for the next two and a half years. We, we basically, the rest of us seven, oh eight, oh nine into early 10, we basically made no money. We were, a mu- we, we stayed at that $2 million level and eventually we, we just got crushed and we went out of business. So that was my first big win and my first really big failure. Now, I didn't tell you as I had started a bunch of businesses and stuff before that. When I was 22, my, I had my first six-figure business I lost. And this was my first seven-figure business, almost eight-figure business that I lost. And I did it all by the time I was 32 years old. So I had a, I had a lot of, a lot of uh, experience under my belt at 32. Um, 010, 11, pivoting more. I, I pivoted from seven to 11. So, and, and for those of you guys that aren't mathematicians, that's five years of pivoting. And that's a fancy way of me saying that I basically went to work and cut checks and didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 2012, I, you know, if you, if you, if you try long enough, hard enough, eventually you either quit or you win. And we won again and we built a business. It was a joint venture we were doing with a, with a, what's now a company that was acquired by a public trade company. Um, but we had a huge win. We grew a business from basically zero to 75 million in revenue very quickly, ended up getting bought out of that and then pivoted and, uh, excuse me, and then took that group and then went and did another deal with a company that's called The Money Source, which is the company that I built from, with my partners from, from 30 to 1,000 employees in three years, uh, became the 40th largest lender in the United States. And uh, it's a very prominent business now. They, 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 they manage $100 billion worth of mortgages. Uh, they're the 40th largest lender in the United States, 10th largest government lender in the United States. And, uh, and it became a, a, my biggest win to date. And I exited that business in um, July of, the, of this last year. So awesome. Well, yeah, that definitely is. A, it sounds like the definition of a roller coaster ride um, of you having the, the highs of the, high, the really high highs and the some somewhat not as great lows. Um, but the point thing is that you, you kept riding the ride because, as you said in the very beginning, a lot of times people are trying to be something. But often when you tap into who you are, then you, you have no other choice but to be yourself. Um, I often say, and so uh, you're, you're doing a lot of work now around um, the core values that I mentioned, you know, and, and you have your book. Could you take us through a little bit more on what that looks like as far as like how you work with your clients and then to a little bit more about your book and what you feel kind of sets it apart and makes it unique? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny when I wrote the book, it wasn't, I was still the CEO of TMS and I was writing it really because I was always coaching. I got involved in entrepreneurs organization and was uh really involved with in the entrepreneurial side of the business, like working with how do you, you know, best practices in entrepreneurism. And that's really, you know, best practices in business. And so um, in year three of Birthing of Giants, 2008, when I was at that MIT program, we went through an exercise where um, there's these two gentlemen by the name of Ken Sim and John DeHart. They, ran, they run a company, or the, well, Ken now runs it, uh, John exited, called Nurse Next Door. And your listeners may know of a book by the name of Scaling Up by Vern Harnish. So Vern actually, he was my mentor through Birthing. He created the Birthing and Giants program. And, and so many of the case studies in that book were actually people I graduated with in my class. And there was 60 of us in this class. Nice. So Ken and John, who are a case study in that book, um, they did an exercise with us on the night, on the night of graduation. They said, please stand up if your company has core values. So we all stood up because we were taught that day one of Birthing and Giants. Then they said, please stay standing if you could say your core values off the top of your head. And mind you, these are the CEOs that created their own core values. Half the room sat down and I was in that half. And then they said, please stay standing if your employees can say your core values, your company off the top of their head. Half the remaining half sat down. 
And then they just finished us off. They went for the kill. They said, please sit standing if your customers know your core values. Everyone sat down with except John and Ken. And so I realized something's broken here. Um, and I, for some reason, it was like a bug that bit me. I got like the core value COVID bug. It just attacked me, man. And like, I got really obsessed with core values. I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit. And I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? I mean, my hack is really like, like my go-to is, is are you making decisions based on values? Because that, that, that removes a lot of waste. You know, that that's, I'm not good at the nitty gritty. So like the little hacks, like, I'm just not good at it. Uh, have an assistant <laughs> yeah. and make them do everything, but make sure everything's in your calendar. I mean, is that a hack to make sure every single thing that you're going to be at is in your calendar? Do people, do people know that already? Because I didn't, and I would double book myself to be in like LA and Miami on the same day. Um, so no, I think make sure everything's in your calendar. Uh, probably a lot of CEOs are like, yeah, duh, man. And so um, I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be like a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something around, you know, core values, or it might be something if you were to hop into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. Here's a, here's a Jim Rohn quote that I, someone read to me or, or I found it somehow. It's your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. Work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So this idea of going and developing yourself as a human being to be the person you're trying to be in the future. Nice. Absolutely. Appreciate that. And um, I wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Darius, what does being a CEO mean to you? Dude, it's so, I love this question. Uh, here's, it's real easy. You own the losses, your team owns the wins, baby. That's mm. it. CEOs own it. You own it. So when you're not winning, go and you're pissed about it. And you're starting to blame people in your head. No, 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 no. Go grab a mirror. Go look in it, and that thing you're looking at, yeah, you, you're the, you're the fault. It's your fault. So you own it. You, you, you decide to hire that person. You decide to not train that person. You decide to not hold that person accountable to a standard. You decide to not have a standard. So, and vice versa, when you win, if you start taking credit for it, your team's gonna be like, f that guy. <laughs> so, my, my take is, is, team owns the wins. You own the losses, and get comfortable with that. And it's lonely at the top. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that definition. I appreciate how it ties into the nugget as well, too, when a lot of times it starts and begins with you, but it's only, you know, when you're trying to to create things that that happen, not so much when you're not getting those things happening, you're not going to blame, you know, somebody else, you're, you're going to blame yourself and figure out how you can make those decisions or take that action or build yourself up to be what you need to be and what you hope to see um, in your organization. So um, Darius, truly appreciate that definition. I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know and of course how best they can get a hold of you find out about all the awesome things that you're working on yeah you know the best place of, uh, thank you for that by the way gresh i appreciate the time here um it's really simple you know i'm on i'm online uh you go to therealdarius.com um and and that's i have a youtube channel which has my show the greatness machine just type in the real darius there uh if you're on clubhouse follow me the real darius i'm in there spitting like <laughs> my, my nonsense a lot right now that is like the most addictive app on on earth yes it is so if you could get in get in um but yeah the real darius is my handle there um but yeah you can follow me buy my book core value equation um if you did buy my book and you like it uh you can get it on paperback hardback softback kindle or um uh audiobook uh give me a review you know for me it's you know it's 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 they say there's two things in business that are hard to do the, 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 the second hardest thing to do is to raise money. The first hardest thing to do is to build an audience. Mm. Um, so for me, I'm trying to build an audience just like you are. And um, you know, we go build a hundred million dollar company. I could do that with my eyes closed. But building an audience is fucking hard. 
Um, so it's, you know, support, you know, my man Gresh here, support me and uh, check my stuff out. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an open book. I'm happy to, to connect with people. Awesome. 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 I definitely appreciate that, Darius. We will have the links and information in the show notes as well, too. Um, and as you said, you know, so well, you know, time is the most valuable resource. So I appreciate you for taking some time out, uh, dropping so many gems and knowledge in your book and, of course, here on the podcast. Um, and I uh, hope to connect again and collaborate even more. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. IMCEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the IMCEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.